today's show. PS5s are in the wild. Oculus doesn't want you to delete your Facebook account. And Steven Spawn is here. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And Steven Spawn from Able Gamers is here. <laughs> you may know him what? as the Game Awards Trending Gamer nominee 2018. Ooh. Maybe the global gaming citizen, or of course, the COO of Able Gamers. Steve, so good to have you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good to finally make it. Uh, I was talking with you and I was like, how come we haven't done this yet? We need to make this happen. And so I'm so glad. <laughs> what a lot of folks don't maybe realize is that your calendar is crazy busy. They call me the busiest lady in the business, but um, I feel like your calendar is busier than mine. I'm just trying to keep up with you. My favorite part about uh, behind the curtain, uh, the friendship with Andrea is literally we will just send each other screenshots with like the stuff blurred out of what our days are like. It's it's just great. Uh, it, or it's, just, it's just like five minute blocks here and there where we can like sneak like some crackers and the rest of it's just filled and it's pretty hilarious. Sneaking some crackers. <laughs> I mean, listen, you got to oh. take the crackers wherever you can. Or, you know, mm -hmm. a single yeah. chicken tender but oh, that yeah, will yeah, save yeah. your life. That. Did we I ever tell to... you that story? Mm. Chicken tender story? Oh, I saved Andrea's mm. life with a chicken tender at mm. E3 one year. It's true. She was, she was hosting. Go on. You know, at E3, you don't really eat that much. It's just, like, not what you do. It's, like, the best diet slash exercise every year. <laughs> Uh, and Andrew was like, I'm so hungry. What do I do? And I said, baby girl, I got you. I went to that E3 cafeteria. I got a single chicken tender. I wrapped that bitch up in a napkin and I delivered it to her on a golden plate. And I was like, here, actually, there's no plate. It was literally just It a was napkin. literally wrapped in a napkin. It was a single chicken tender wrapped in a napkin. I'm on the show floor, like running between appointments. We, I think we had just, all four of us, that's when Alexa Ray was still with us. We yeah. were in the Xbox booth back when they had a booth about to do a four-person demo of Sea of Thieves because that was right before the game had launched. And I was just, like, dying. Hadn't had a break all day. And Brittany's Aww. like, I come bearing a single chicken tender, which gave <laughs> me just enough calories to keep going. <laughs> and that's so, where the true best friendship was born. That is. So this is really funny. Because, Andrew, I don't know if you ever listened to the banter I have with a guest when we're in standby. So, <laughs> chat for those of you who don't know... When we're in standby, Andrea can't hear me or the guests that we have on because of the way OBS is set up, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway, so it's during this time that I always have this fun little bit with our guests where we talk mad shit about Andrea. And generally, you know, we talk about how great she is, how amazing her hair always looks, et cetera, et cetera. So I tried the same bit with Steve, and he goes, oh, Andrea, she smells like mimosas. <laughs> You know, I was like, that's a true friend. That's a true friend. I mean, you know, it's like that thing of like an acquaintance will be like, oh, she's so lovely and wonderful, which is true. Mm -hmm. But a real friend is like, yeah, that bitch smells like alcohol. I love it. Right, right. I love yeah. it. And, and yeah. here, I thought it was that I smelled like like refreshing citrus, which I would take. <laughs> ah, okay, you can spin it that way. I mean, it does have citrus juice. Sure, that works. 
but also, you know, booze. It's it's what we're known for. You know what Listen, I mean? You want, do you want to be real friends or industry friends? I mean, I could be like, oh, Andrea, she's so amazing. I just hope one day I can be exactly like her. I'd be like, no, I've drank with her. I know. This is fine. I know what she <laughs> it's does. It's true. No, no. Don't don't blow smoke. No. Be be real. That's, that's what we're looking for here at, at What's Good Games. Whether it's your first episode or your 201st episode, we're glad that you guys are joining us. Thank you to everybody who wrote in for our 200th episode. If you guys haven't seen it yet, it's pretty fun. We kept it a little more subdued this time around than our 100th episode, but uh, still a really great one. We have lots more good content coming up this week, including a stream tonight that we have been promoting for quite some time. That's right. It is the culmination of Lights Off, our spooky Halloween streams. We are going to be streaming Dead by Daylight tonight with Zombie Kills. And the entire WGG squad, that's right, Steimer's going to be there, Rihanna Manuel's going to be there, me and Britt are back, and we're all going to try to survive against <laughs> Killer Zombie. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but that's okay. I, I almost made it. I almost made yeah. it out against her. I, I didn't, I did at the very end, I, I you know, didn't <laughs> make it, but it's, it's going to be fun. So hopefully you guys will join us at 6 p.m. Pacific time tonight. Should be a great time. And maybe you guys remember that we're raising money for our friend Steve here for Able Gamers for his $1 million birthday goal. So how's it been going so far? So far, so good. We're up to 170,000 or so after oh, a month. Oh, congrats! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's going pretty well. Thanks to amazing people like the What's Good What's Good Games team, we uh, have been able to get some good inroads and get some awareness going. And we have some cool things that uh, Golden Robots would jump out of my closet and beat me down if I started trying to talk about them. So <laughs> I'm excited. Golden Robots, huh? Yeah. Well, like we don't... you don't have three of them behind you. What do you? <laughs> She's like, what are you talking? What are you talking? The robots? Um, I do also want to uh, remind you guys if you didn't see the announcement. Um, what's good games was very fortunate enough to um work with Sony to get a PlayStation Five. So that unboxing video is coming. I I literally have not taken it. Out of, out of the box, the box yet that's a big box i still i still have it in the box <laughs> andrea that box is guys. bigger than you heavy. that's bigger than my, you are baby my girl. face for scale <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah the box is still sealed the box is still sealed but i'm gonna be shooting the unboxing video um later t later today so i'm excited about that and mm -hmm. I also, oh my gosh, I'm out of breath from lifting. <laughs> start working out with the box. Start doing like Ooh, bicep curls. I mean, thing. that thing's not light. Um, Watch Dogs Legion's first embargo lifted this morning. So it's early impressions. So if you guys have questions about that, you would like answered here, uh, let us know. What's good games.com slash DRWGG. Of course, questions for Steve. And don't forget, we'll also be doing a deeper dive uh, for the Friday show for Watch Dogs Legion. So you can also send your questions, which we might get to in the Friday show as well. And I think I might even stream a little bit of it this afternoon ahead of yeah. Lights Off if there's time in the afternoon to do so to do so 
But I just wanted to let you guys know before we get into the news that, you know, we've got some fun, cool content coming for you. So it's going to be great. No, Mobidden, it won't be a live unboxing, unfortunately. Um, oh, I, I will get in so much trouble Could if I imagine? do that. So not going to do that. PlayStation would be at that door in like two seconds. Literally, they would. They would send their army of lawyers what? with men in black uniforms with combat boots to be like, excuse me, ma'am, we need to take the console. And I'd be like, no. We please. heard the sound of the PlayStation 5 box being opened. <laughs> It's like a dog and, or cat in treat bags. Yeah. You just know. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, before we get into the news, Stephen, I mm-hmm. wanted to first call out, as some people have noticed, mm-hmm. that you have a Deadpool just kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I always have to explain this, that I don't just really, really love Ryan Reynolds, although I do. Um the, I mean, we don't we don't blame you. No. I mean, sir. Um, no, the the main reason is because I have a giant thirty six pound fluff ball of love named Leia, and he is a cuddler kitty, and he just literally will <laughs> jump into my arms, kick the mouse out of my hands, and take over whatever kind of interview segment I'm doing. I have videos from live streams where literally it's just he's like, all right, well, I'm the streamer now. So matter of fact. <laughs> We just did the uh, the promotion with um, Twitch. I got Twitch ambassador, and like the the clip that they chose was literally him sitting on top of my hands and me mocking as if he was now the streamer because he just sat in front of my camera and was like, "It's my stream." All right. Um. So for reference, uh, this is the kitty in question. <gasps> Mm-hmm. Oh yep. wow, that's such a big fluff ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. So cute. <laughs> did you know you were getting such a big cat? I I did not know. Um, I that was the wrong button, Steve. All right. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the I am gone. I'm done. Um, <laughs> the uh uh no. When I got him, he was just a tiny little half an ounce kitty and just kind of flopped out of a bag, rolled into my arms and laid his head in the crook of my arms. And he was just like, I love you. And I was like, oh, you adorable thing. That's so cool. Little did I know I was adopting a hellion of a kitty who just, <laughs> he just wants so much love. It's very hard to handle. Um, no, you, you don't know about ragdolls is that they're just very floppy. So they're just like, all like they will literally be walking along and you're walking behind them and they'll flop over. So you'll just see people tripping and falling over <laughs> my cat. It's <laughs> Oh, Plus rats. the name Ragdoll. That is so cute. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate the call out to Ryan Reynolds and also that we got to take a moment to talk about cats because obviously, as we can see in the chat from the Maverick emotes, I love cats as well. We are uh, we are cat lovers. Mm-hmm. But not cats to say that good. we don't appreciate dogs as well. Of course, we have nothing but love for Reb. Oh, yes. And I see some Leia emotes in our chat as well, which is really, really cute. <laughs> well, and oh. Steven also has like a really freaking adorable puppy as well. So That's true. But we can't spend the whole show talking about cute animals. Well, I mean, we Dang. could, we but... <laughs> I was going to say, wait, isn't it your show? Can't we do whatever you want? <laughs> you know, you know what? You are right. It is our oh, show. Yeah. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. I just have a feeling that a lot of people would maybe tune out after like the first five minutes to be like, okay, yeah, I, got my, I got my animal fix for the task yeah. done. Um, I, but- I don't know, man. I, I have, whenever my cat's on camera, I think I could leave. I think I'd get more bits and subs if I was just like, all right, here's the cat. Enjoy. Yeah. And just walk away. Go make a sandwich. Hmm. <laughs> this is, this is something there. to contemplate. Cat cat cam. 
My cat's currently sleeping over in the corner. He's like, don't, oh, don't wake me up, bad. please. Just leave me alone. <laughs> uh, he's a grumpy old man. He is. All right. Let's get into the news, shall we? Fine. Um, <laughs> Britt's like, fine. Um, I'm going to actually pull up um, a trailer for this. So, Britt, if you would do me the honors. I will do you all the honors. I like how dirty that kind of sounded. I like, okay. <clears throat> Sony delays PS5 launch. I know. Steve, I always do this with every initial headline. I always turn into some sexual innuendo, but they put up with me. Sony delays PS5 launch title Destruction All-Stars to February 2021. This comes from Eurogamer. So Sony has delayed the PlayStation 5 launch title Destruction All-Stars just a few weeks before the launch of the console. The action racing game was due alongside the PS5 on November 12th, 2020, but it will now launch at some point in February 2021 when it will be included for two months in PlayStation Plus, Sony's director of product development Pete Smith said in a post on the PlayStation blog. Quote, Destruction All-Stars is a multiplayer game that is at, that's at its best when you're competing with gamers from all around the world. We want as many people as possible to experience the mayhem on PS5, and what better way to do that than to provide the game to our PlayStation Plus members? Next week, we'll return with a brand new trailer and more details on the game, so you'll know exactly what to expect when you download it in February. This may be disappointing for some of you who are looking to play the game at launch, but we hope you understand the decision. Pre-orders will be refunded. Well... This is honestly like I was a little like taken aback when I heard this news because it's so close to launch. Like, how do you not know that your game is not ready to ship like two and a half weeks out? Interesting point. That's true. I wonder hmm, because at this. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because at this point, like all the pre-orders are in all the PlayStation 5s are sold out. I was wondering, OK, well, you keep the card close to your chest. You'd be like, hey, here's another reason to get a PS5 at launch. But like you said, it's all sold out already. So hmm, interesting. Uh, uh, you know, know? Like, were, were they like crunching or anything over there? Um, I I don't think that there was any like reports of crunch, but I think most game studios do a little bit of crunch mm. right before launch whenever you know you're in that final countdown ahead of you know public release particularly for a multiplayer game there's always mm -hmm. like a lot of tweaking and things that are going on but i think it's just a little surprising that their you know launch lineup of course is not exactly robust when it comes to new games and this was like one of three major titles that they were really pushing it's like this the a uh, little big planet game, the Sackboy adventure game. And then, of course, mm -hmm. you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And we've been seeing some early previews of Spider-Man from a couple exclusives. Uh, a German outlet actually released some new footage last week. But this, mm -hmm. to me, is, you know, a little bit disappointing. But, again, we say this constantly here at What's Good. You know, take your time. If it's not ready, take it's not time. ready. It's better to right. launch a product when it's ready than to launch it broken. You know, this mm -hmm. actually might do the game good anyway in the long haul. I don't know what the hype is for this game, but when you look at what's launching around that time anyway, I mean, you got the Assassin's Creed game, you got Cyberpunk, you got Yakuza, you have Miles Morales, you got Sackboy. I don't know where this game would have fit in amongst all that, so maybe this will actually be better for it, especially now that they're including it on PlayStation Plus. It feels like a smart move. Absolutely. And it was interesting because in the chat, I'm seeing a couple of comments about the price, which is something I think is worth mentioning because it is, it was originally slated to be a $70 game. And I'm assuming that their pre-order numbers weren't exactly robust. 
So it's possible that they're like, you know what? How about we just don't? And instead, we just incentivize people to sign up for our subscription service that we know we're going to at least get a couple of months of subscription out of them for, which is probably the best business decision. Yeah, I find this weird. I mean, I think all of us on the panel here, and I'm guessing in general in the industry, we all have friends who are not in the video game industry who are constantly asking us for advice about this. And I don't know about you two in particular, but I know in my life, particularly people have been like, oh, do I run out and camp outside of game stuff to go get the PS5, Xbox, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And, you know, the truth is that our friends over there would want us to say, yes, absolutely. But my opinion is it's an investment in the future. Like the PS5 is going to be here for the next decade. So, you know, if you want to wait a month and get it at Christmas or after in January, like just buy the thing. When you're when you're ready for it, don't look at the launch title. Look at all the titles involved. And, you know, this is just one delay. So one delay probably shouldn't rock your boat on whether or not you're going to get the whole PlayStation as a, a unit. Agreed. 100% agree. All right, let's move on to our next story. So this one is a story that we touched on a little bit earlier in the year, um, and now it's got a little bit of an update. Don't delete your Facebook account or you'll lose all of your Oculus games for good. So this update comes via GameSpot. If you have a new Oculus VR headset or that new Oculus 2, which is finally out, which I think looks super cool, Mm -hmm. you might want to reconsider deleting your Facebook account in order to go off the social media grid. If you completely delete your account linked to your Oculus device, you will lose access to all VR games that you have purchased and you won't be able to get them back if you make a new account either. You're required to link a Facebook account when using the Oculus 2 headset, and if your Facebook account isn't in good standing, you will not be able to use the Quest 2 at all. If you deactivate your Facebook account instead of permanently deleting it, you also won't be able to access any of your Oculus information. However, this can be reversed by reactivating it. While the deletion method does not have an undo, so important to note. Now, if you make a new account, you're going to have to purchase all of your games over again, which is just like, what? Why? How are, we, how are we in an era where your email address can't be used to access your digital licenses and that you can tie your email address to those purchases? Like, that's bonkers to me. I feel like we were upset about this decision back when Facebook announced that you were you were going to, or excuse me, back when Oculus announced you were going to be required to have a Facebook account to use Oculus, whereas before you had an Oculus account that was separate from Facebook, you didn't have to be on Facebook. And we were like, this is dumb. Like Facebook and Oculus shouldn't do this. And now this is even more dumb. This is even worse. And don't forget, friends, so that if you, this only applies to the Quest 2 for now, but if you have a Quest, a Rift, or a Rift S, Starting in 2023, Oculus is getting rid of the, or Facebook rather, is getting rid of the email address sign-ins for all of their headsets and whatnot. So this is going to be the standard going forward in just a couple of years. Well, I guess, yeah, about two and a half years at this point. So ran out of cake in the chat. So this is the same standard that Steam and Epic have. It's not good, but it's not new. It's not the same standard because Oculus didn't start out with saying you had to have a Facebook account. They just changed that recently. You used to be able to have to have an Oculus account, which makes sense, right? In order to make purchases, you have to have an account. But then they're saying you can't just have an Oculus account anymore. It has to be a Facebook account specifically. And I think the difference there is that there's a lot of people that have specific feelings about Facebook as a platform, which, oh yeah, you know, we're not going to deny you those feelings. We don't do that here at What's Good Games. Have those feelings. 
And I think that's where really the difference is, is that there wasn't a uniform system from the beginning like Steam has or like Epic, the Epic Game Store has. And so that's like the key difference there. But um, I, I appreciate where you were going with that, that like, hey, you have to have an account. And I think for people who are new to the Oculus ecosystem, you know, it's not that different, but it's unfortunate for people who have been with Oculus since the Rift was originally released and have been in the VR space for a while. And now they have to have to change, which is kind of a bummer. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how I'm kind of distancing myself from social media on my phone. Like, but I've deleted Twitter, I've deleted Facebook from my phone. Uh, the only thing I have on there is Instagram still, but it's just, just felt so nice to kind of like separate myself from that. Cause I'm on my computer all the day, all time. So it's like when I'm here working, then sure I'll like engage cause it's fun. And if it wasn't for the West good community, I would probably delete my Facebook account altogether because it's just, just try it friends. Just try stepping away. You'll be amazed at what it'll do for your mental health. It's so important. But yeah, I, I feel like what I would probably do in this case, if I were ever to delete my Facebook account, I would just create like a dummy account and just, you know, have an account that doesn't even really have a profile photo, doesn't have any info. It would just be like my go-to. Uh, that's probably what I would end up doing. Yeah. 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 Well, a, lot of, a lot of gamers have already been doing that to go participate in Facebook streaming. It's, you know, people don't want to use their real names. They want to use aliases. So, you know, they make yeah. their own account. It's just. I don't know. I, I think I understand Facebook doing it. It's a power move. They don't want people to leave Facebook. It's a way to stop the bleeding. I get that. Um, but I think I think honestly, Google does it better because Google has is a portal that you can use to log into a lot of websites. But if you disconnect the two, you can still get into whatever website it was that you signed up for. You know, it's not like if you lose your Google mail, you lose your service. But yeah. Facebook mm. is really trying to wrangle us into using their particular VR. And it just, I don't know, to me, anytime someone tries to force me to do something, it makes me want to do the opposite. So, yep. shrug. <laughs> Absolutely. And Epic Open World and Emotional Support Viking bring up a good point. Dummy accounts will not work. They have threatened to ban those types of accounts, right? And yeah, you're right. I think they have. I think I would just have to put like a photo of like my face and a name. And then mm -hmm. if that would be good, if I could use that, then fine. Oh, hey, Blind Gamer Steve in the chat. Just wanted to say hi. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just I'm with you, Steve, in the same sense. If they tell me I have to do something, I want to do the opposite. I'm going to be like, no, fuck you. I'm going to use my email address <laughs> until the year 2023. How dare you? <laughs> exactly. Well, let's move on to more positive news. Oh, Rit. yeah. Yeah, I'll read it. Okay, good. So <laughs> I forgot, uh, uh, this isn't time for a grunt along. So My Time at Porsche <laughs> Developer announces a sequel, My Time at Sandrock. So this comes from IGN. Chinese indie game developer Pathia Games has announced a sequel to My Time at Porsche called My Time at Sandrock. So My Time at Porsche was a charming farming sim RPG that sold over 1.7 million copies worldwide. My Time at Sandrock will release into Steam Early Access in March 2021 with a full release due on next-gen consoles, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch in summer 2022. My Time at Sandrock, like the previous game, shares elements with games like Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon, but with its own unique twists. The player will take the role of a builder who owns a workshop in Sandrock. They will need to compete, oh, complete different commissions from local townspeople and government to learn more about the storyline. So My Time at Porsche was one of my absolute favorite games of 2019. That was 2019? Just last Holy year. Holy crap. I don't know. That seems like that was forever ago. It's a decade and ago. Yeah, and what I loved about it, and you can see it from this footage of, of Portia here, 
is that it has crafting. You can have livestock, farming. There's like 28 marriage candidates. So, so many people to bang. Like 50 <laughs> characters to meet and build relationships with. There's dungeon crawling, treasure hunting. It's a pretty big world to explore. And it's just a really good feel-good game. And while it was a little rough at launch, um, because I had a pre-release build because I had a review copy, like the loading screens were really long. Sometimes the characters I was trying to romance would get stuck in a wall. Of course, it was the one character I wanted to like romance, but I could never give him gifts because he was always stuck in a wall. So there was just little weird things like that. Oh, I thought you meant like while he were romancing him, he was stuck in the wall. That would have been way awkward. <laughs> I was like giving him eggs through the wall. I'm like, please, Arlo, take this egg and like love me. So this is awesome. I love that they're coming back with a new one. And this one is described as taking place in a wholesome post-apocalyptic world. And I love that they use the word wholesome. And they want to bring multiplayer to it as well. And so it sounds like by reading the Kickstarter that they want to obviously build on what they what they did with Porsche. It's not just essentially a reskinning. They learn about the bugs that were in the first game. They want to make some... Um, changes to the gameplay they want to make it more engaging i again i love that they're including multiplayer and yeah like it's just such a feel-good game and it's just one of those good wholesome games that i think we all could use right about now and if you haven't played it like check it out look at that look at just, oh, oh wholesome with a lot of bagging hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah that's my kind of game right there <laughs> You know, I think we all could use a little wholesome with a lot of banging in the year 2020. No shit. Um, but I yeah, that. I remember oh. when we first saw this game oh. at, I think it was a GDC at the ID at Xbox showcase actually is where I saw this game for the first time. And I had no idea that it would go on to kind of blow up the way that it did with Team 17 taking on publishing. Um, so it's um, it's exciting that they're now uh, doing a sequel. So uh, oh, I guess. I'm uh, so excited. 2021 will be the the year of Sandrock for Brit. There goes another 80 to 100 hours, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to spend that time somehow. Um, and yeah. if you're Snoop Dogg, apparently you're spending it looking at your amazing Xbox fridge. So <laughs> yeah, I love this story. <laughs> we've seen a couple of different influencers get these crazy fridges, but the first one, probably, you know, the one that a lot of people have Jeez. seen was the one and only Snoop Dogg. So let me show you guys this video, which was actually Brand removed from Instagram. Um, so yeah, Snoop. Oh, here. Sorry, I have it on. I didn't mute it. <laughs> Let me mute that. Basically, it's just Snoop Dogg showing the fridge. Um, I don't know why it's deleted on Instagram, uh, but the rapper turned 49 earlier this week. Also, oh my gosh, Snoop Dogg, almost 50. And Microsoft gave him a full-size <laughs> fridge as a gift. As you can see, it's got his, his, his proprietary vodka, Snoop Dogg's vodka in the door. It's got some orange juice. So, and we've got this cake here that I... I really, sorry for the stutters, everybody. I really just want this cake. I want the Xbox cake. Um, the fridge would be nice. If they made a mini variant of this, that would be the best. Is that the Xbox in the fridge? In the fridge, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, yeah, it's stocked with food, drinks, the cake. Like, I just think this is this is so silly. I, 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 don't, I love it. It's, I just love it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The other influencer that got one who actually made several videos was I Justine. So I wanted to yes. I wanted to pull her account up so that you guys could uh, take a look. So this is um, her and her sister um, doing like an unboxing with the giant oh wrapper, which you can see here, which is kind of bananas. And this is the uh, uh, the video that she X. made. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. <laughs> 
I mean, like, what? What? <laughs> I love it. I just love what Microsoft is doing. It's just crazy. It is perfect. It's just, this is what we need right now. Like, why the fuck not make it into an actual mm -hmm. fridge? Yes. I mean, that fridge is, like, massive, too. Oh, yeah. I, see, this is what I want. I just want a mini fridge. I just want a mini one. I don't, I don't, yeah, I mean, like, I would one. take a giant fridge. I could, I would make room in the studio for that fridge <laughs> if they wanted to, if Xbox wanted to send one to us. But if they sent us a mini one, that would be great. Make it happen, <laughs> Xbox. I think that's the difference in content managers Xbox social media managers you know we, we we all know the, the guys over in the social media side for for xbox they're good at what they do um oh, yeah. man but just i mean think about it right the people be like oh it looks like a fridge so they're like oh yeah it is a fridge over yeah. on playstation side you don't see them being like oh you called it evie from walla Wally. Wally. Look at Eva from Wally. Reverse those two. And, uh, you know, you don't see them getting in with Pixar trying to make fun of it, which they should. Because I personally would buy the hell out of an Eva. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. That or, like, a, just a big router. Well, actually, it already looks like a router, yeah. so you, you, you yep. don't need to do much. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's too funny. No, I love it. That And that's... I agree, Steve. It's just fun that, you know, they took the meme of, hey, this actually looks like a refrigerator. We're actually going to fucking turn it into a refrigerator because marketing. And I just think mm. it's brilliant. I just love this generation and what how unique everyone's being with it. And it brings some joy and happiness to this otherwise bleak year. Does. I feel like the yeah. smart social media managers are leaning into memes now. They realize that, that, that it works. Memes work. Yeah. But you have to have a savvy team because if you bungle it, then mm -hmm. that's that's mm -hmm. definitely worse. And I think that there was an era of PlayStation that had some clearly cheeky people who were, you know, in the public eye. But I think PlayStation really kind of ratcheted that down. I'm not quite sure why they didn't allow their staff to continue to have fun. I feel like now the only person that we see really still, I mean, he's not even been as much in the public eye as Shuhei Yoshida. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, I feel like they sometimes take themselves just a tad too seriously. Oh, oh they absolutely do. And hey, mm -hmm. like, and we talked about this, was it last week where I feel like they're finally getting more personal, personable on their Twitter account. And maybe that's a sign of things to come. Maybe they're seeing what Xbox is doing and being like, oh, hey, this is a good way to feel like, oh, yeah, I gave a really silly example about this was like a really tall, dark gray building that you can't access it. And Microsoft is like this little cute, cozy cottage. I feel like that's like the way these companies are looked at. But yeah, they definitely take themselves too seriously. But see, Andrea, when you're so successful and you make that much money, it just goes straight to your head. And then you got to act all stuffy. So. I guess so. I see uh, Danny in the chat says that Sid has jokes, of course, referring to Sid Schumann on the communications team mm. over at PlayStation, who we've seen in a bunch of the PS5 videos and, of course, on their E3 streams and such. He does have jokes, but he's pretty buttoned up when it comes to how he behaves on the social media main channels. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show, Anthony Carboni, used to do a bunch of hosting for PlayStation, and he always brought he always brought the giggles. But yeah, um, they're pretty um they're pretty uh yeah they've got the the tie all cinched up, whereas Xbox like is like very much like the you know we're wearing our blazer and sneakers, their jeans, a, and then, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they really just gotta yeah they really just gotta kind of let loose a little bit, just shake it mm. out, shake it out, PlayStation, just have fun with it. It's just it's mm. video games. Right. I like I like social media that doesn't take itself too seriously. I know it's a corporation, but you know, just I don't know, have fun with it. There was a there was a there was a really good one Gary Witta tweeted out the other day 
of a of a soccer team that did horribly. They lost like zero to fifteen. Their social media team at one point just gave up and started tweeting gifts where like the panda's slamming the keyboard on the on the counter <laughs> and then Michael Scott's like crying and throwing his hands up. Like I, I just I appreciate that so much more when the social media team's not trying to be like, Well, we're down by fourteen in soccer. <laughs> That's not too bad. <laughs> Word. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you because uh, you can't deny it at that point. So it's like lean in and like laugh it off, you know, and then, you know, dust yourself off and tomorrow's another day. So I'm, I'm right. with you. Um, but that was um, fun with the fridges. But seriously, Xbox, if you want to send us a fridge, um, you can send us a fridge. Um, okay, oh, moving on to in case you missed it, we're getting to the end of our news segment here. And then we are going to be asking Stephen your questions. So you guys still have a few more minutes to get your questions into whatsgoodgames.com slash DRWGG. If you drop them in the chat, we will try to grab them. But again, because the chat is continually moving, we ask that you use the website. Apex Legends has announced Season 7 is coming to Steam. Plus, they have a a little bit more details about their new legend horizon now listen everybody i am not rihanna manuel i <laughs> will do my best <laughs> to <laughs> recap this news but um i don't have um the insight but I'll, i do have some some news so uh, over on polygon they write that season seven's new character is named horizon and she has been teased for a couple of days now and there is a new video which i thought i had pulled up but I don't, so just give me one second, and I will grab that video. Um, but also, importantly, Apex Legends is finally coming to Steam. Steam players will get three free gun charm cosmetics based on Valve's Portal and Half-Life series, including GLaDOS as a potato, which, oh, is, which is super fun. So Horizon is the new character, which I mentioned, which you can see here in this little video. Uh, a brilliant scientist who is sure to bring all of her experimental astrophysics expertise to Apex Games. She's already used a black hole in this video, which we'll see later, and that could potentially be part of her kit by the time she makes it into Apex Legends. So I feel like um, this is great. I love that they're adding, you know, smart lady scientists into a battle royale game. I think that that's just rad. Just rad. <laughs> also, speaking of Apex, it was delayed on the Switch. Oh, so, I didn't see that part of this news. Yeah, until next year, I think it was. I saw it was delayed. Uh -huh. But speaking of the Switch... Uh oh, oh, segue. Uh oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nintendo dropped the price of a single Joy-Con down from thirty nine ninety nine from forty nine ninety nine. And then Andrew has a little note here. Oh my God, they were fifty dollars. I had no idea that a oh, single yeah. Joy-Con was still fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, they're they're expensive. I don't know if that was my bad take out a Fargo accent, North Dakota. Um, yeah, not great. <laughs> Not great. We I was at Best Buy over the weekend, and the Joy Cons a pair I think are eighty dollars. Yeah, they're eighty dollars. And then you can you could buy them for fifty. It's just insane. I, whatever, it's fine. But that's so bad because they're just little tiny little pieces of plastic. They could so easily fall behind like a cushion or like your dog or Steven's cat could eat it. You know that's what they do. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. But, I mean, we can complain about our controller prices, but Steven's over there like, um, excuse me. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> Go ahead, Steven. We know you have something yeah. to say. Yeah, say it. No, no, fine. I'll be over here just, uh, you know, examining my fingernails. Uh, pretend I'm lifting up my hand and uh, just 
dusting them off. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for people who are maybe missing the joke, it's because the controller that Steven used is wildly more expensive than a $50 or a $40 Joy-Con. Um, yep. which is not lost on us. And I'm glad yep. that we now finally get to talk to you, Stephen, about what you do in video games. So uh, we had a bunch of people write in questions. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And before we get to that, I, I feel like us explaining what you do was a little bit redundant. People know um, Able Gamers here at What's Good Games. We talk about you mm -hmm. all the time and we love your guys' mission. I think what we don't get to talk to you about a lot is mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. you are playing and what you're enjoying as a gamer. So you stream all the time right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Steve in Spawn. And I would love to hear kind of, you know, what are your favorite games that you've been streaming and what are you playing right now? Uh, right now I've been in Among Us. Uh, that's where you can find me the most often. Uh, I, I still do Fall Guys occasionally. Um, I had some, some fun, um, sort of going back and forth with the Fall Guys team. Uh, when we did the, the one crown achievement, uh, that kind of blew up on the internet for a while. So that was pretty fun. Oh, that was but, amazing. Uh, yeah, did you like that? I, ah, that was so impressive. Look at, I mean, uh, I can't. I, I mean, it really is. I think anyone who can get a crown, it, it's impressive. I know. I, <laughs> I tried. I, I, I don't know. I you, you have zero crowns? I don't know. I To be fair, I've only played like a, like a couple hours of the game. See? But there I never got. No. I don't think I even got close. But listen, though, like, you got a crown. That's amazing. Uh, No, it was it was fun. Uh, you know, I, I try to keep a variety. And, and uh, Britt and I were talking earlier, like, uh, trying to avoid photophasmia for... But my life, phasmophobia, uh, phlebophlusia, whatever. Uh, yeah, phlebophlusia. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're going to be playing with phasmophobia. It sounds like the community has spoken and they really want you out there hunting some ghosts. I mean, uh, we will be your ghost hunting buddies. I'm volunteering as tribute right. right now. All right, well, we will play and you two will hunt and I will hide underneath the hood of the vehicle, so... Well, Brit's that's Brit's position is to hide in the vehicle. So okay, so I'm tossing her out of the vehicle, okay. my vehicle now. So the first game, <laughs> I've gotten much braver, much braver. I don't know. Duck uh, Brook might might disagree. Nanobiologist would definitely disagree. Oh, but listen, nanobiologist, he was tribute. Poor, poor nanobiologist. We stuck him in a closet to anger the ghost. But Steve, it'll be really fun. You have to play. It, it does look like a good time with friends for sure i i was totally about being in the van and one of my friends was like dude you don't understand like being in the van can actually be scary and i'm like no it's well you're in the van what can be scary about that and then i was watching one of my friends real guy judge playing uh and he was in the van and literally the ghost came up out of nowhere into the camera and he screamed and i screamed and it was not so i was oh, like wait, All right, really? well, yeah apparently the ghost can see where the camera is and walk towards it so oh yeah. shit yeah Yep, yep, that was creepy. Yeah, that's uh, that's no bueno. I see Mr. Yasmin say, have Steimer sing for the ghost, which she did in our After Hour stream, our Patreon exclusive, which if you guys are in our legendary membership level or above, you can watch the VOD of, of course, patreon.com slash what's good games. Um, there was, uh, I don't know if it was Maria or maybe it was Dorothy, but she just kept, yelling and singing at the ghost at the same time and i was like this is gonna end really badly it's gonna end badly <laughs> i don't like this <laughs> um we played with one sapphire diamond ruby who i see in the chat um shout out to you Devin, who 
um, I was playing with and she got murdered like right at the front door as we were trying to oh. escape. Oh no. And then the ghost like locked the door and then her, like her body was like <laughs> halfway through the door. And then when I opened it, like it was like, or she was cut in half and like her legs were like in the ground. It was just, she was just gone. Like her legs oh, were just no. gone. I don't know. I don't know how fast you can, or if you even want to, but there's, there, there are some funny poses I've seen so far with this one. I sent this one to Alana last night. This is my <laughs> this is my favorite. Oh, so far. Yeah. Okay, hold yeah. on. Let me, get, let me get this up for you guys. You can take a look. Yeah. It, so it phasmophobia. When you when you get killed by the ghost, sometimes the characters tend to fall in very silly <laughs> positions. I don't know what that's all about. But it's, what happened there? It looks <laughs> almost like a yoga pose. <laughs> yeah, the dead corpse. Like what is what is that in the name you of know, that If you're gonna die, you may as well be fabulous doing it. Is what I gotta say. You know? yeah, there you go. Truth, truth. Um. All right. Well, we do have some questions that I do want to okay. get to. Yep. So, um, the first one, actually, speaking of Devin, why don't we just take Devin's question first? Yes. Morning for Steven. I wanted to know your thoughts on how conversations between accessibility and difficulty modes tends to be interwoven when discussing them in the games industry. Is this an okay <laughs> thing? Are there better ways or terminology the industry can use to express differences between the two? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. Um, okay. So, um, boy, what's the bullet point way of talking about this? So, uh, it's no secret, um, that not only that, uh, uh, WGG's baby ass baby mode, thanks to Brit, is my favorite, uh, about rallying cry of the easy mode debacle. Uh, but I've also been a huge proponent of the fact that it should be an equality mode, not an easy mode. It should be, you know, having things be equal for everybody. And that, that means different things for different people. Do I think it's necessarily productive? I do, and I don't. I think that the 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 internet war that happened about you know people doing you know different modes. I think that that had a promise, and I'm privy to those conversations behind closed doors where I've seen the needle move. Where now publishers get you should allow settings and you should allow different accessibility. So. I know that it did some things. What I hate is that every single like three to four month time period goes by, it gets brought back up because Dark Souls is back in the news. And now we have to go through the easy mode fight again. And it's always that one segment of the population that wants to, to just annihilate everybody from thinking that how dare you play a game the way you want instead of the way that it was truly quote meant to be quote quote. So yeah. Uh, and so the reason three of us are laughing so hard is, is Andrea as so Andrea has literally dragged me by the ear a couple of times and told me to calm this shit down because I will I will just start going off when people get under my skin on this one. So it's uh I'm I'm a very passionate individual and I'm a really good force for good. Except if you if you get under my skin to the point where I will just rail about it. So it's, it's just a troll. Yeah. I I see them for what they are and. <laughs> As somebody who's been in it and hasn't seen it, it sometimes takes somebody from the outside to be like, friend, let me just let me just pull you back, friend. That troll is <laughs> clearly got you spun up and you're just like you're literally giving them exactly what they want and they, they don't deserve your energy. And I've yeah. had friends have to do that to me. And so as your friend, I do that to you sometimes and to other people. She does. As well. 
uh, no, but you need a friend like that to, to pull you back in. But sometimes people just, people just, you know, they, are, they get are, on, are on that train. Are bad? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there are some people who just, they want to get you riled up for no apparent reason other than getting you riled up, you know. All I'm saying I'm is, my boobs on stream right now. I usually don't do this because that's very inappropriate. But you know, it's no, just please, like, yes. It says, "Be a nice human for everybody listening on podcast. Be a nice no. human." <laughs> it ain't hard, assholes. <clears throat> it's true. This is why I love Brit. Yep. Okay. Mm. Brit is great. I, I can't do any better than that. So, yeah. I feel yeah, like we should get one more of those Brit in in full screen so I can gif it. Oh, okay. Here, let me just move this off to the side. Perfect. Oh Perfect. It's the, it's gifable. <laughs> Got it. Um, the next question is from Tyler Austin and says, other than adding closed captions to our streams, are there any other ways streamers can increase accessibility in their streams? I'm sorry. Was there a real question? I'm, I'm lost in the accentuating <laughs> the boobs land. I can't. I mean, it's easy to get uh, distracted. I get it. She has an important listen, message. The message is distracting. I, I, I understand. I feel the, your pain. The question you know, is, yeah. what are ways that streamers yeah. can increase accessibility in their streams other than adding closed captions? Because yeah. that seems no, to be I mean, a pretty easy yeah. uh, one that a lot of streamers are doing. No, I mean, uh, jokes aside, like the, the the way that you increase your accessibility is by considering the audiences that you may not represent. So um, closed captioning on your stream is great. Uh, you know, it's it's awesome for those people to do that. It sucks that Twitch makes those choose between closed captioning or content as a streamer. That's annoying. It also doesn't transfer to VODs, depending on your DMCA situation. Maybe will they not use VODs? Who knows? Um, but, you know, it, it, it is an important place to start. But on top of that, turn on the closed captions when you start in a game. Go to the accessibility area and every single feature that is in there, like having audible cues, having visual indicators, and uh, waypoints, anything you can, turn them on while you're streaming your game. Don't just point at them and say, that's nice, and then just ignore them. Uh, use the features and, and show people how they would be cool. Um, if someone comes into your chat and says, hey, what's the settings? Take a minute and, and show the settings so that uh, they, you know, a streamer can, uh, a gamer can tell whether or not they'll be able to buy it. Uh, and most importantly, if there's something on your screen there, like the, the boob segment is great, but what Andrea did for the podcast listeners is actually what I like to tell people you should remember to do for your blind viewers is if there's something that's a visual gag happening on screen that is not being said, say it out loud so that they can get the joke too. Yeah. I like that. That's great. Honestly, that's really amazing advice that I didn't stop mm -hmm. to think about. I always default to putting the um, subtitles on, but I don't default to putting the closed caption mode on, which yep. is a really important distinction for mm -hmm. for people that the way that they communicate on screen information is different in closed caption mode than it is just in subtitle mode. So mm -hmm. those little, just those little touches can absolutely help. And it's been a slight, like, like I don't know what the word is, but like, it, I don't want to call it an annoyance because it's way it's way worse than that. But we haven't been able to use 
closed captions on a lot of our content because of the way we have to mm -hmm. route audio coming in from multiple sources. The closed captioning mm -hmm. softwares mm -hmm. usually only pick up um, audio from a single source. And so if we, we've tried to use closed captions before, then it just only gives like one person's voice. And that's really a Twitch functionality because YouTube has it where we can use closed captions from m multiple sources. So hopefully Twitch will add that to their priority list for 2021 among a variety of other features like yeah. know, better content ID. Anywho, <laughs> we have more questions. Steven, are you ready? <laughs> sure, let's wow. do it. I'm even intimidated right now a little bit. <laughs> um, it's like, this, who wants to be a millionaire? What is going on right now? I mean, listen, I'm down to play trivia. We could all just, right. like, toss all these questions out and just talk about talk trivia. We Let's could do, do it. it. I honestly would like to see you and Britt battle in Pokemon trivia. Oh, mm. oh. I didn't know you were a big Pokemon fan. Yeah, well, I mean, I do have the Eevee that you just tweeted out. So, you know, yeah, oh. for sure. That's true. That's I mean, true. Sorry, I didn't pay attention. I didn't pay attention. That's wow. fun. Wow. Okay, she literally okay. tweeted the picture, didn't notice the Eevee. Come on, Britt, come I, on. I, I, no, that I was me. Okay. She tweeted oh, okay. a different photo of you. She tweeted oh, business okay. Steven, here's, and I tweeted Pokemon thing. Steven. Oh, okay, gotcha. Andrea has these really cute little Pikachu in her in, in the studio in her office. Mm. I don't know if you still have them on display. Uh, I then do. Is it, Let me go you, get it. Keep, keep Andrea's talking. like a big Pokemon <laughs> fan. You see, see, she's yeah. gone. We can talk. Posers. They're okay. all posers. Yeah. You know? Oh, like everyone. Pretend. They like to pretend like they like, oh, I had two Pikachu. I'm such a Pokemon. <laughs> you know, and, and on that note, I think those Pikachu are really fucking cute. And look how adorable they, they are. are. Here. They are yeah. cute. <laughs> those are so cute. So my friend Yesenia gave this to John and I after we got married Aww. as a, a wedding gift when she was working for the Pokemon company. Those are so freaking cute. And then, of course, Britt's favorite. Did she tell you? Oh, about her favorite? That, I, I was just thinking so, about this the other day. So it wiggles. It, it yeah, it bounces all the floor. It, made, it makes my life. It's it's using splash. You know, it's it's a very effective move. One of my highlight of my of my life, Steve. You'll appreciate this. Is mm -hmm. I was playing Pokemon Let's Go with Andrea, mm -hmm. and there was a specific trainer in there who said that you know like yo, I'll trade you for a Magikarp. And I told Andrea like, oh my god, Magikarp is like the fucking Pokemon. It is the most epic, most powerful, most OP. She if you get this Magikarp, this game will be on baby ass baby mode. So she went through all the steps she needed. She got the Magikarp, and the look on her face when she realized what it was. <laughs> It was so good. Uh, oh, but then so our, our wonderful community uh, did a great job reminding me that the Magikarp evolves. Yeah. It does. So yeah. badass. Yes. As we all do. Yeah. To Gyarados, Gyarados, right? Gyarados. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got it, girl. Yeah, see, I'm learning. You. I'm learning. I'm getting there. I played, um, I played Pokemon Shield with my six-year-old nephew, and he... Picked it up so quickly and was doing better than me in the battles that I was like, okay, maybe I should practice a little more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so what do you think about Pokemon? See, even the direction it's going with Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, as far as the like the story goes, I think it's it's okay. Um, you know, it's kind of weird though because I kind of want to see when we live in an era of the you know, Miles Morales and and that where we're kind of handing off batons. Like, I kind of wonder how Pokemon's gonna do that. Like, obviously, at some point they have to make the leap, the handoff, right? So, 
but how do you do that in a world that never seems to really age very much? So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't I, I and, and we've seen the ripoffs like the Digimon and whatnot that have come out of the same. You know, it's like none of that ever flies, ever works. So I'll be interested to see how they can figure out how do you keep the the our generation enthralled and enthrall the next generation at the same time. Yeah, it's a good point. It's something that we've talked about on the show quite a bit is they have really Pokemon Company, Nintendo, Game Freak, they have no real need, though, to innovate because they still sell so much. Right. And that's why I think when we're seeing, and I'll talk about the Crown Tundra on this week's show, we're seeing DLC, which is fun in theory, but if you compared it to any other game that put out DLC, it would be heavily criticized for the lack of innovation and for the lack of new features that are being implemented. And again, I think that's just a result of people like you and me buying the mm -hmm. shit out of all of these games. And then they're like, why would we need to greatly innovate? We have seen some, obviously, generational leaps but i don't mean leaps might even be a little big of a word generational hops if you will uh, but definitely not like that huge like breath of the wild-esque innovation on zelda for example but anyway someday maybe someday maybe. it could still happen um steven i have another question for you this mm -hmm. one is from nathaniel 97 mm -hmm. do you have any games that come to mind when you think of a trailblazer for accessibility options um, I think that every game has its own place in accessibility when they try something new, but, um, I don't really think of trailblazers in the accessibility. So, right. Anybody, any accessibility advocate who hears this question is going to be screaming in their chair going, why are you not talking about the last of us too? And, you know, arguably they did make a great leap in that they added a lot of accessibility options. But at the same time, I really don't believe that we should necessarily hammer laser focus in on one particular game when it's an entire multi-billion dollar industry making this change, right? There's 46 million gamers just like me who are disabled, want to play video games. And it's a great segue from the Pokemon thing, right? So one of my inside jokes to jab at Nintendo until they get better at accessibility is, you know, Nintendo do, but accessibility they do not. So... I like saying Nintendo don't because it's funny and it's an inside jab into getting them to do better because I love their worlds. I know as much as I know about Pokemon because I love the lore. I've only actually played about half of the game and that's Pokemon Go because the others have been inaccessible to me. So what does that tell you? Well, that tells you that the lore and the interest is strong enough that I was willing to not be able to do something for myself but actually learn about it by watching other people play, reading articles, paying attention to cards and stats, things that I couldn't actually physically do. And I think that's sort of what we have to look at as an industry, is there's a lot of IPs out there that are very cool that may not be fully accessible, and people are interested, people want to be involved with them, and we need to keep opening the doors to allow them to do that. And if that's the Last of Us 2, putting 65 different accessibility settings into a game so that people can play. Fantastic. If that is an indie game like Rift, or Raft rather, just putting in a mouse sensitivity feature and the ability to remap buttons, kind of like um, Fall Guys needed to do, and they finally did after I badgered them on Twitter enough with accessibility friends, you know, mm -hmm. coming along and saying this needs to be done, to... Things like Among Us, where you can only use the mouse or only use the keyboard. Why Why is it an either-or situation? So, you know, there's all kinds of little things along the way that we need to focus on. So I guess that's a roundabout way of saying that they're, they're all trailblazers in their own light, in their own way. 
But I much prefer to look at how far we've come as an industry as a whole uh, from when the day when I met Andrea like 17 years ago. Um, how dare you? <laughs> I'm only 17 years old. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. oh, oh, bump yeah. that up to 18 and it won't be as weird. I was going to say, yeah, a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm 25, all right? I'm of legal drinking age because yeah, obviously that would make it even weirder. <laughs> yep. <laughs> John and Chas says, oh, no, I have to go to jail. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Hi, jail honey. time. Oh, no. Um, Sorry, um, John. I'm glad that you've seen progress because it was such an educational moment for me having you walk me through the Able Gamers showcase in the accessibility, or actually at the time it was the Diversity Lounge in yeah. at PAX East that so many years ago and just learning yeah. about all of the different ways that gamers with disabilities have to jump through hurdles like very like figuratively yeah. right and this idea that there's just so many obstacles in the way of doing something that's supposed to bring people joy you know it's interesting because Robert had written in and asked you know it gets exhausting bringing up issues around accessibility both in personal and professional settings, is there any advice or encouragement that you can provide to keep me going on this front? Because I know you are an inspiration to a lot of people in the accessibility community. Well, you know, the, the truth is that it has to be your passion. It has to be what you want to do, and you have to feel it in your soul that it's a necessary component of your life. And the, the truth of the matter is that Doing what I do, uh, you know, now that I'm part of these companies, you see me, you know, in these conversations and to get there, I had to make business cases. I had to take that passion and I had to refine it with facts and figures. And it wasn't all just about, you know, yelling it at the doors until they opened. And sometimes along the way, that does wear on your mental health. The the trolls get to you. The, the negative comments get to you. You know, reading social media gets to you. Um you know, on top of that, just, you know, not not all accessibility advocates get along. There are advocates that do accessibility for a living who are not fans of Steve Spawn because my methodology is my methodology. And it's it's how I've gotten doors to open. It's how I push the field. But it's the same thing as any content creator. You have a content creator, you have fans, you're going to have people who aren't your fan. And it's, it's just how you're pushing the industry. You know, What's Good Games has pushed the industry for all the women who want to go out and do this kind of thing in the world, right? But there are people who are also like, wow, why is it all women? Right? That's 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 the thing. That is something you had to deal with. And I have to deal with the opposite of, you know, well, why is it only, you know, this particular disability? Or why are you focusing on this? Or why this? Why that? And there's always that. So you just kind of have to shudder that in your mind and you go, listen, here's the things I can affect. Here's the things that I can change. I am blessed to have the platform that I do and I'm going to do as much good with it as I possibly can. And if some people have some grievances with my methodologies along the way, cool, then I understand. A great example of this is some old school academics in gaming once had a huge problem with Steve and Mark and Able Gamers as a whole because we were going to developers and we were flat out telling them that they needed to change. They needed to add accessibility options. And their opinion was, no, we need to do a 15-year study on it first. And then we take the case study and we go to them and then we talk about it. And you guys are being bullies telling them they need to change right now. And our stance was, well, but people want to play right now. They don't want to wait until 2015 to play. They want to play in 2000. So we're going to do what we can today. We're going to do what we can now. 
And that's just sort of the mantra that I've carried forward. You do what you can in advocacy. You help the people you can help, and you hope that the rest will find their votes along the way. Amen to that. Also, 15-year study? GTFO with that nonsense. Yep, an actual email I have. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, wow. That is, that's bananas. Um, yeah. Steve, this has been so great to get your insight and to hear about everything that you've got going on. Um, I just think you're the bee's knees and clearly a lot of other people agree with me. So if people mm-hmm. who are watching and listening want to keep up with you, want to watch you play games, want to see your motivational <laughs> and also hilarious meme tweets, where can they do that? <laughs> <laughs> hilarious meme tweets. Uh, so you can find me just about anywhere. Uh, here's my product plug. Uh, oh, just look about at anywhere. you yeah, with the graphics. Uh, you can find you? me at Steven Spawn on Twitch. Uh, let's see, Facebook is next. Steve Spawn official. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, for the most part, Andrew is right. I'm always just doing um, silly things on uh, Twitter. It's the main part you can find me. But uh, I stream five nights a week. I'm actually writing a book right now on Twitch on Wednesdays. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm actually gonna try to publish a full book with my chat's help. So that's pretty crazy. It's gonna be. What's your book about? It's right now. It's all about dreams in a world where uh, people can't dream anymore, and what happens if they had to be hijacked into some sort of device that you then could sell to other people in order to have dreams, and how that would affect the world. So we're gonna see. Love that. I think that that sounds awesome. No, so I don't know. I don't know. It's either gonna be a trash fire or it's gonna be HBO material. I don't know. One (laughs) of the two. Magic is cool too. I love it. it. Uh, yeah. And you can find Able Gamers just about everywhere and, you know, probably in your recent cat photos. Yes. We'll make sure we put all of those links in the show notes. And yeah, I think I called you a snazzy stud muffin earlier. Andrew, you did. The bees. I see snazzy stud muffin. You're all of the good <laughs> things, friend. All of the good I, things. I literally am hiring Brit to just follow me around whenever I'm having a bad day. Just make up adjectives <laughs> and nouns. Man, <laughs> no, you're all... the same thing. You're yeah. a flarking toast muffin. Oh, thank you. Oh, I a toast muffin? She's, toast muffin? She's great that I, way. Yeah. One of the many reasons why we love Brittany Brombacher here at What's Good Games. But, Stephen, again, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. As just a reminder to everybody, we're going to really be pushing the donations tonight in the stream. Hopefully you guys will join us 6 p.m. Pacific time. And maybe I'm going to add some rewards. Maybe I will. Um, and if you guys want to donate directly, just go to Steven's Twitter page. He's got links there. We've also got links. If you guys hit that donate command in the Twitch chat, um, it may I may have accidentally turned it off, actually. Um, I think I did accidentally turn it off. Um, but I will turn it back on, and that way you guys can get the links. But essentially, you can just also just go to Able Gamers. You don't have to donate to the What's Good Games team page. You could just donate directly to them. But you should. You should give all the credit to this amazing team of high-class women that are pushing the industry in the right direction. Aw, thank, thank you. you. Here, I think I, I think I have it on now. There it is. Boom. That is our team page. And um, enjoy the rest of your week. We've got lots more content coming here on What's Good Games. And Steven, hopefully we'll uh, get to hunting some ghosts. All right. Sounds like a spooktacular time. <laughs> <laughs> And that's going to do it for us. Bye, everybody.